0: Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people and others in the autism community to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. One thing that I've struggled with as an entrepreneur is to communicate visually the message of what autism personal coach does, because I'm not a visual thinker at all. That's why when I get a chance to to talk to someone like today's guest, Ron Kearns, I'm fascinated to learn from him because he has a skill set that is something that doesn't come naturally to me at all. Ron talks about his career as a graphic designer today, and gives advice on how autistic people can become more successful in the graphic design field. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Ron, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Wanted to start out like I normally do on each of the Autism Stories episodes. Where does your story in the autism community begin?
1: Around 2011 or so. Before then, I was. I was autistic, kind of assumed I was just like everybody else, even though I had immense difficulties and struggles and all of that, I would have never associated it with autism. And then around 2011 or so, I started watching that show Parenthood, and I was watching the kid, Max, who eventually got diagnosed. I was watching him every week going, gosh, he's a lot like I was when I was a kid, his parents were having the same discussions with his teachers, his mind did, and the, the and so anyway, so one day I was just sitting there actually watching the show and grabbed my laptop and started Googling, and that's when it was like, the light bulb went off, and um, so that was a 2011-ish or so, and then around 2014, I was having difficulty with um, job search, like pretty much... Autistic people do, and all that, and so then um, I kept on. I found, had found some organizations that would um, help and be assistant, but of course, you know, needed to um, determine eligibility, which means get a diagnosis. So in 2014, I actually went in and got a diagnosis, and so um, going in to get the diagnosis, walking in the door, I'm like. Is she really going to give me a diagnosis, or is she just going to think I'm? Um, it's all in my head, and I don't know. So those that doubt was squashed when after all of the evaluations were done, and she was going, you know, she was going over the full report with me, telling me what everything meant, and then she just stops and says. How in the world did she get so far and for so long? And um, she ended up giving me diagnosis of autism, um, severe range of impairment to emphasize and to kind of assumption perhaps I would have had this that maybe I was borderline, maybe, maybe not. And she wanted to emphasize that yeah, it was just the the the, the impair- and so that so she explained that to me great so anyway so that's where it began um, so yeah so like I said before then I would have never have guessed
0: now you're currently working as a graphic designer at Missouri State University West Plains I read that you said that this has been the best job you ever had I wish everyone can say this is the best job I've ever had what's made this such a good fit for you.
1: The first aspect of it is it's the first full-time regular job I've had in which I knew going in from day one I was autistic and that my managers and everybody I was working with knew I was autistic. That helps tremendously with understanding and being patient and all of that. Felt so comfortable in the interview. Well, the interview itself, it wasn't long into the interview when one of the people on the panel read off their um, diversity and inclusion statement for the university and asked me my feelings about that. And so, and then, um, uh, and then it was later on they you know they wanted to see some you know, samples of my work, so I pulled out my portfolio and showed them samples of work, and they were raving about it, seeing how great they were. So, when the question of what are your strengths and weaknesses, I figure at this point, you know, so so I I explained to them that I was autistic, and um, explained to them a few things that I have done to help manage that, you know, at the time I was in Toastmasters, Um, I done a lot of um, work within professional associations and professional networking, you know, that sort of thing. And so then then there was just this overall global feeling of understanding and even in some way, like the feeling that, you know, me being autistic, you know, somewhat appreciated Appreciate the fact that I've done all this great work in the past and this and that and this, and I still do whether for the university or with through for my freelancing and yet I'm autistic and like I said they you know, being a public university and all that kinda of stuff it's almost appreciated. Also that you know, the whole sense of belonging and feeling not feeling like an intruder, that's helped out a lot.
0: I'm curious, you know Um, During the interview, you know, a lot of times people are are unsure of, should I disclose, should I not disclose? What went into your thought process in disclosing that to the university?
1: Like I said, after um, they had read their diversity and inclusion statement, they had raved about my samples of work, and then just the overall feeling I got from those that were there, I was like, okay, these people are going to understand. These people are going to, like I said, even appreciate the fact that I've done all this despite me being autistic.
0: Now, Temple Grandin has talked for years about thinking in pictures. Uh, I'm wondering if that's something you can relate to as being a graphic designer.
1: Actually, yes. Um, I had never thought about that concept. I saw her until I saw the movie and then I was like that's what I do and I had (laughs) never realized it before but then when I when they depicted and you know when they illustrated in the movie you know they would have the the lines and all of the stuff on the screen in the background you know illustrating her thoughts I mean that's that's what I do. I was always, I can remember as a kid in school, um, you know, lining things up visually in my mind and all that. But it's something I had never really You know, it's the same thing with, like, masking. And, um, you know, it's something I have always done, but I never realized I was doing it.
0: Now, prior to your current job, you've, you haven't necessarily had many full-time jobs over the last decade that... That certainly many people listening to, you know, this podcast can relate to. What did you do to continue to make income and pay your bills over this time period?
1: I had one really good job from two thousand four to two thousand nine. Okay, so next year will be my next year will be thirty years that I've been out of school and out in the workplace. I probably have been unemployed about half of that time, roughly. There was a job I had from 2004 to 2009 that lasted five years, and five years is the longest I've been in any one workplace. Over the last 10 years, well, I've been unemployed for seven of the last 10, because I only got this job in 2018. I freelanced. I, um, I managed to network through professional associations, keep in good contact with um, uh so, you know, people like my the printing companies I do work with, and that always provided a steady enough stream of work um, to scrape by on. And a lot of people ask, you know, why don't you just do that full time and not even bother with the full time job? And that's something that crossed my mind quite a bit, but always came back to. Freelancing. Um, freelancing is great, I still do it now, um, but as a full-time, for, for me, it was never was totally sufficient enough to say, okay, I'm just going to do freelance. Like I said it was good enough to scrape by on, and then it was never consistent. Hmm. I can have a bunch of really great jobs in one month and then go three months with nothing, and... Me and the family, and, the, and then of course then you gotta consider things like insurance, health insurance, and all that kind of stuff. It just wasn't feasible, you know, for me and providing for family and all that kind of stuff.
0: So finding work can be uh, certainly tough. Maybe never been a tougher time than in 2020. And you know, part of that is you know getting the, those jobs is the interview process. What what do you think can be done? in the interview process to be more beneficial to autistic and neurodiverse people?
1: In most every interview I've been in it's the sit down here at the table in the conference room amongst one to five different people and having to communicate verbally everything and perform just so and I think in a lot of professions especially mine Does better when instead of having to sit there and verbally talk and communicate that way with everything, is to just have a process in which you do it. You 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 actually demonstrate your abilities and talents instead of just trying to say it. Because me saying it the way I say it doesn't come across well there. Well, I mean, in comparison to maybe somebody else. And so yes, yeah, so that was that was one of my hurdles. Um and then as much as I hate to say it, a lot of companies need to get over the cuz one thing I heard a lot when I would if I would ever get feedback at, at post interview, you know, or oh, do you know or an email oh you know we chose somebody else or oh, of course you want some feedback Well, oh, you know is there anything and it was always well that person was just a better fit and sometimes you just got to get over that
0: you just wish companies would be more direct and say these are the things that you that you could work on to to what do better that? yeah
1: well because well, better fit was just a way to get around of Right. Without saying, well, we don't want you because, whatever, you know. Anyway, no, what I meant by better fit was um, you have somebody else who's perhaps more talented, has better skills, and um, work overall, but, oh, well, geez, he's not a good fit. We'll take him instead. That's what I and that sort of thing.
0: Now, your freelance work is done through Kearns Creative, um, are you still,
1: actually, um, a couple of years ago, I changed it. It's, it's Studio Kearns. When I finally launched my website, I found out that somebody somewhere had com, <laughs> And I was like, I didn't want to go through all this wrangling, trying to figure out a way to do the URL. Just so I figured, I'll just stay and change the name to Studio Kerns. It was available. And, um, and so that's what it is now.
0: And how can people learn more about Studio Kearns?
1: Oh, they can just go to um, studiokearns, that's K-E-R-N-S dot com, or find me on LinkedIn.
0: Now, I know as as someone who runs an organization that trying to get your message across is always so, so important. What type of organizations have you previously worked with to develop effective graphic solutions, so people can really understand what those organizations are trying to achieve. Um, over the, my ex- career,
1: I have worked with most every kind of company or organization you can think of. Most recently, um, I, um, designed, I designed a new logo that's going to be launched in for, um, I worked with the um, Learning Disabilities Association of America to develop their entire brand new logo and branding, which, like I said, is going to be launched sometime early next year. I currently work with Missouri State University at their small outpost campus in a town called West Plains. Daily, I am working work to develop those graphic solutions um, for a number of different audiences. Some of my stuff speaks to prospective students. Some of my stuff speaks to current students or um, just specifically to um, the athletics department or whatever. And then you know, before that, I've done annual reports for you know, organizations such as Arc of North Texas and um, a great um, nonprofit in Baltimore called Abilities Network. Both of those provide services and support for people with disabilities. I've done work for Disney through my previous role, uh, through a previous role with a um, international veterinary pharmaceutical company that I was with. That's the company I was with for five years. Petco. So when I was with them, I would develop um, branding and products and packaging for um, stuff that would go with it. Petco and PetSmart. And then, you know, I started my career with an ad agency in Detroit doing advertising for Chevrolet. Uh, So um, I've got a vast, wide range of experience um, doing pretty much anything you can think
0: of. So thinking about freelance work for the talented and creative autistics who um, are are listening to this podcast um, and are trying to figure out, well, where do I start if I want to do freelance work? what's what's kind of your advice to them on some of those first steps
1: get good relationships with vendors such as your printers you know your local printers are awesome because they have customers come to them to say hey I need this brochure printed but I don't have anybody to design it well then they'll say oh I know a guy <laughs> and go. Yeah, most advantageous thing that worked for me which was hard was professional networking. I lived and worked in Dallas for twenty years. For the last know, six or seven of those years, I was highly um, active in the um, American Marketing Association, the Dallas Fort Worth chapter, and I actually kind of became their unofficial, you know, designer for the for the whole six hundred member chapter. It was all volunteer, but you become known. All of these people who are potential clients. You know, when you go to the happy hours and you go to the luncheons, you're constantly meeting people who could possibly, you know, say, hey, I need somebody like you. And now, was it four years since I've moved away from Dallas, I'm still getting called on. Oh, yeah, this guy from American and Marketing Association, I Was talking about you um, and referred me to you. Um, you know, and that was four years ago. Developing the personal and professional relationships, get your name out there. And with the AMA, for instance, in 2016, I was named the chapter's volunteer of the year for the work I had for the graphic design work I did for them. When I went to the luncheon that day, I knew I was going to be getting the volunteer for that specific month. I was like, oh yeah, it's fine, okay, that's good, that's good. And then when I sat down and all of a sudden they named me Volunteer of the Year, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, one, one great thing about that is, as you probably know, autistic people don't typically get acknowledged much. And so being acknowledged in that way was just mind-blowing.
0: I'm wondering, so obviously, like you said, networking is a, a really important thing to do. And we, we connected initially on LinkedIn. So I'm wondering for you, how do you, how do you see as social media in, in helping um, autistic folks to network?
1: It does help because you can find people and you know, network with them online. And that's great. Especially now, since a lot of in-person professional networking is kind of at a standstill, and so that at least that can at least get the ball rolling. I started professional networking before I knew I was before I knew I was autistic. But even then, I knew it was difficult for me. I can I even would even tell my wife, you no, know, I consider it therapy. I didn't even know. I said I didn't know I was autistic. I just knew it was difficult for me. But I knew that in my job, being a communicator, that just the practice of going out there and talking to people like that—it definitely wouldn't hurt my you know, job career. Doing what I do in like having to communicate with clients to to have that exercise, because one thing I found is the more and the more regularly I did it, the easier it became. And the great thing about AMA was because you know yes, I did network a lot through AMA, but I also found other groups. The great thing about AMA though was especially later on, I could walk into a room of two hundred people, I'll know half of them. So it made the process of getting to know people you didn't know a little easier because I could go up to one guy and said, Hey, you know, somebody I know. Hi, how you doing? And then that guy would say, Oh, you know, this person, somebody I don't know. And make that introduction that much easier. And, um, but I did make a point of going out and, dipping my toe into other organizations or other events just to not get stuck in comfort <laughs> and to expand my um, expand the network so and that was that way LinkedIn um, you know I would you know, get you know of course their business cards to a world I don't care what anybody else says you need a business card <laughs> and um, you need to be able to give it to people and so then at the end of an evening that night or the next morning, I would be on LinkedIn, okay, here's, oh, this person, okay, I met this person, we'll find them on LinkedIn, hi, great to meet you last night, Um, that sort of thing. And that way, that's a good way to continue the conversation, as they say.
0: Definitely some good advice. Well, Ron, I really appreciate your time, thanks for talking with me today. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks so much to Ron for the conversation. To learn more about Ron and Studio Currents, check out the link in the podcast description for this episode. You will also find a link for a free call to discuss how coaching from Autism Personal Coach can be helpful to you. So book a call with uh, me today. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. On the next episode of Autism Stories, for the first time, we interview two siblings, Bernard and Burnett Grant. Look forward to that. So, and talking to you then.